You're listening to Two Guys, One Album with music insiders Michael Heidemann and Paul Farber. We are two music experts. Green Experts is pushing it. Taking on the greatest albums of all time. Uh, it's a little subjective. Song by song with careful analysis. All right, I wouldn't say careful. Look, we're having fun with the songs. Two guys. One album. Oh. Class is in session. You know what that means, Michael. When I call your name. Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> It's about that time. It's time for another episode of Two Guys. One album. My name is Paul Farvar. And this is Michael Heideman. We are reviewing a new album that is considered by many to be one of the greatest albums of all time. And uh, this is the first track on the album, which is just a talking skit track, as we call it. But some of you guys might recognize it. Uh, hmm. I wonder what it could I like be. I like that name a lot. But uh, this is a, one of my favorite albums of all time, and it's time for us to listen to it right now. I really like that intro, because I like that little guitar part that they play over it. It's funny how money changes situation. Miscommunication leads to complications. And then we dive right into it like she just punches you in the face with those beats. does not mess around. Lauryn Hill, the miseducation of Lauryn Hill, considered one of the greatest albums of the 90s. This was an album that was a number one uh, track from a hip-hop female artist for the longest period of time, and then... Cardi B broke that record. Mm-hmm. It's also the 20 year anniversary of this album. Yes. In the, the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart, selling 400,022. 624 copies. That, I didn't really read that number correctly. <laughs> it's but a lot. it sold a whole hell of a lot of albums. Shit ton of albums that nobody can do anymore because of Napster. Yeah. <laughs> Darn you, Napster. It actually broke a record for first week sales by a female artist. It was produced uh, by the amazing, amazing group of let me see here real quick shoot i was reading it wrong and now i can't find it that's all right it did but it did produce three things and that's doo-wop that thing x factor everything is everything which were chart topping mega hits for lauren hill um she she brought neo soul to a to the masses with this album it yeah at the grammy awards the 41st annual grammy awards it actually earned 10 nominations winning five awards and this is actually I remember when this album came out and how much of an enormous enormous hit it was I remember seeing all my friends even the dorkiest kid at my school had the miseducation of Lauryn Hill I was introduced to hip hop through this I was so anti hip hop until this album came out I was like eh you know it's kind of fun it's I like you know I liked Dr. Dre I loved NWA I like rap I liked all that stuff but this was the one that like broad it out and I was like, wow. I remember my girlfriend at the time loved this album. And I was like, I don't want to listen to this. I want to listen to Traffic or The Police. But I remember we agreed after like listening to this. Because, you know, she had a couple of hits on there that were just awesome melodies and great harmonies. And just great. Like they had hooks on almost all the songs. So mm-hmm. it was amazing. I agree. It's it's really a truly transcendent album, and like I had mentioned before, when I couldn't find the producer credits, it was actually produced by Lauren Hill. Yeah. I should have known that. Che Guar, Guar, Guavera, Che Guavera, and Vada Noble. She was the Lauren Hill produced this album, and you could tell, you know, she just departed the Fugees, and mm-hmm. she wanted to like make a statement, and she effing made a statement. Yeah, she was. And this song was great. This is the uh, the first real song. The intro is called Intro. Very uh, original, Lauren Hill. And uh, Lost Ones. This was just a song that was like, it's almost like Sabotage with Beastie Boys, where they have their, their out. Al- well, Sabotage wasn't the song, but uh, yeah. the album had a, this is the first song on our new album. It just, bam, slams you in the face. Well, she, she throws these great melodies like this one right here, along with that great, just consistent perfectly toned rap vocals uh, yeah. that she threw in for the verse so I, I'm loving what she's doing with this with this first song she said it's called Lost Ones 
And it's a, the layering that she does on the vocals is phenomenal too. I mean, it's all her voice and she's doing all the tracks on this. I mean, it's freaking awesome. This is an artist at the top of her game. Um, let's dive into that next track real quick. Track X number Factor. three, X Factor. This is more than Neo Soul stuff, but I love this song too. A lot of sampling yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could all be X Factor released as a single on December 8th, 1998. Man, Paul, that was a great time for music. It was just building into the uh, early 2000s. Hip hop was was just all over the place. And, and the thing is, it was still a time where people could be inspired by hip-hop. You don't see so much ubiquitous, same-sounding, just messy kind of rap music that you you tend to see today. There's so many rappers out there. She it, it, she made it more of an art piece than just a single. And you can tell this full album was something you could spin from beginning to end because of uh, the amount she work that she put into it. And it's not just that. I mean, there's hip-hop songs that are heavily hip-hop and there's there's R&B feel and then there's this neo soul combination of it all on one album it's just amazing and this I mean she has such an amazing voice that mm-hmm. like you know a lot of people would shit on rap back then myself included because I go they don't know how to sing they don't have harmonies all this she proved them all wrong she mm-hmm. had the soul of like you know Motown in all these songs and there's and there's parts that are borrowed in uh in this throughout the uh, throughout the album mm-hmm the Hill began actually recording this album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, in late 1997 at Chung King Studios, New York City, and completed it in June 1998 at where Paul Farvar's home away from home, Kingston, Jamaica, <laughs> the Tough Gong Studios, because she had this amazing connection with the with uh, Rohan Marley. Um, they had who, a kid together. They did. That's Bob Marley's kid. She had a kid with Bob Marley's kid, Man. and the kid's name is Zion, which is the next song on the album. Oh but yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, actually, yeah, let's, let's play it right now. Let's dive into it. To Hold Zion, on. this is to her son, and it's probably my favorite, one of the favorite songs on the album. But it's such an awesome song. Take a listen. One day, I love that she named her son Zion too. Is there a more Bob Marley name than Zion? This is such a cool song. I forgot how awesome. Man, Zion. this still holds up. Awesome classical acoustic guitars with just beats. I mean, people were not doing this shit back then. She liked broad beats, broad harmony, broad like rhythm, everything into a hip hop song. Nobody was doing this shit back then. No, I, I in fact I think I'm around sure 1998, the biggest down. bands were what In Sync and the Backstreet Boys. Fastball. <laughs> Don't you dare knock Fastball in front of me. That band is great. Have you listened to Out of My Head lately? No. That song holds up, my friend. Listen to this song. Listen to what she's doing here. Wait till you the part where she starts belting shit out. It's amazing. She's just right now. This is just oh another thing too. Mm-hmm. You know Cardi B. We shit on her a little bit, and we got a lot of backlash for that. We'll cover it a little later. But mm-hmm. this song has verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and she's still got the beats going on, and she's technically rapping over this, although she's singing it. I mean, and then listen to this. She just blows you away. The F can still sing like that and rap that's out there right now. Fastball. <laughs> I mean, Beyonce for sure, but that's different. <laughs> but without Lauryn Hill, they wouldn't wouldn't be a Cardi B, they wouldn't be a Beyonce. The re- she opened the door for all that shit. Truly, truly. The reason I like Lauryn Hill so much, you're mentioning who can belt out like that. Um, there's a lot of people who, can, who, has, who have that powerful of vocals right now in R&B and yeah. pop music, but... Damn, no one has that smoky voice that she has. That Very sounds, unique, yeah. That sounds just like a good old cup of coffee, like mixed with a cigarette. Damn, she has a good voice. <laughs> and the, and the thing is, is you hear a lot of her stuff uh, being mixed on other people's albums now, and you sit there, and you, at least for me, I sit there. I'm like, holy shit. They're playing Lauren Hill, and mm-hmm. then you're like, "This sounds like Lauren Hill." And then you see, you know what they did? They sampled her song, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Good for her. I hope she gets money off it. Although some of her stuff was sampled too, so I don't know how that works. I probably should know that as a lawyer. But 
What were you uh, doing in 1998? I know you weren't listening to Lauren Hill when I was. <laughs> 19, well, actually, I, I remember listening to the first time that I heard of, of Lauren Hill. I was sitting in my, my friend's room, Charlie Van Sant, in Crystal Lake, Illinois, and we were... No in, relation to... The real Van Zandt family from <laughs> from Leonard Skinner, N- not not okay. little Stephen Van Zandt. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you guys are sitting down. We're sitting down in his room, and he goes, "You have to listen to this." And this was at the time when you could still buy those into those subscription based CD companies where you Columbia play, College, <laughs> Columbia House. <laughs> yes, not Columbia College. No, no, I Columbia wish it was as cheap as not related. Yeah, yeah. And you'd buy into like the the penny CDs. You'd you'd buy right, a, right. a penny. And, and then it gets sucked into albums for twenty five dollars. Yeah, so then you would get like eighteen albums that that week. And I remember he bought one of these. He bought Lauren Hill, and he goes, "You have to listen to this album. It's it's phenomenal." And we opened up the CD case, and we would be we'd be looking at it, and we would be reading the lyrics. And yeah, I remember she had all the lyrics. They still have them. We has have all the lyrics. Yeah. But then the cool thing was, They're if you read right. them, and if I recall correctly. The the songs and the lyrics are different from what she sings on the album. Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah, are. What you guys are like trying to like transcribe? You're like, wait a minute, objection. But what? Think about this. Not right. <laughs> Remember like when you were young and you had nothing to do? Yeah, of course. We were four years old. I think I, I was in like um, just getting into high school. You were in high school. No, no, no. I was grade? seventh grade. Okay. And um, I was forty. <laughs> I, was a, I think I was in law school actually. Yeah, I was. But first year law. Well, when you're young, you and you have nothing to do, and you have no money, you have no girls, you have no booze. You just uh, read album uh, yeah. lyrics, and that's what I remember looking at. I remember it was such a, a a very controversial thing because it was the first time I read swear words. You're like, she can't put. She's not following the lines in her own songs. I'm calling Columbia. <laughs> All right, we're now approaching song number three. Well, first, three. obviously, there's going to be like this. Uh, oh yeah, skit number skit. three. And we, as if you listen to our other podcasts, you know that Paul is a huge fan of skits. Shit on them all the time. Although hers are okay because they're the first one I like because it's it's kind of got like a meaning. But it's, she's, I mean, when Kanye does it, it's like, come on, bro, you're trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. But um. I will say this: the next album, "Doo Wop," that thing was the song was was her bigger biggest hit on this album, if I'm correct. And this was a song that I was like, "Holy shit!" You know what? Uh, Hip hop and rap are gonna do amazing things because this song, it combined. You know, all all the Motown feel. She had great vocals, and she had the hip hop beats in the background. And you're like, this is undeniably a hook, and mm-hmm. undeniably, uh, like. Addicting. I mean, she was so good at that. And creating I remember. Songs. Yeah, I remember when she would be when the music video came out at MTV. It was the first time where I'm like, man, this is a sweet song. And, they, yeah, and, and it was like video. that ninth, that like early 60s, 70s, 60s yeah. New York vibe with like the cars going by and that brick layer that they would just be dancing in front of. That thing. Yeah, and she was so sexy, like just the way she moves and everything like that. All right, Paul, calm down. <sighs> <laughs> just he's getting I turned on. Watch the video, big. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do wop her. Home. I'm gonna stay home and watch this video. And my girlfriend be like, "What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> just watching the Lauren Hill video. What are you doing?" It was critically acclaimed too. David Brown from Entertainment Weekly called it an album of astonishing power, strength, and feeling. Well, Chicago's own Greg Cott deemed the record a vocal tour de force, Here's and it's these. because of songs like this one. Men and my women, don't forget about the day. When this drops, it's so good. Here it comes. It's about a thing. I mean, it's got that familiarity. You're like, man, I've heard this before, even when it first came out. And then 
you know, she's rapping on top of it, and then here comes the chorus and the pre-chorus. And those horns, this, it was such a good collaboration of all these different layers, and, these, and this horn section is just amazing. It just makes you feel so comforted, and it's like you said, like it's you've heard it before, but it's something so new, and that's what draws you in. It's that familiarity of music, which makes this track just unstoppable. Come again. The whole, I mean, and then she, and then her beautiful voice just takes it away. The baseline. And she warned us to watch out for girls, which is a really good warning. Man. I mean, so good, so good. Probably one of the greatest songs of the '90s. I mean, I I remember listening to this oh, album yeah, from beginning to end. I mean, even the skits, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> Wait, even, even hold the it. Skits. They even were the skits. Well, because because the skits sometimes were snuck in. They didn't have you couldn't skip them on my Sony, my Sony uh, Walkman. Oh, you couldn't like, go through. Yeah. Did you use the no disc, uh, the disc protection? Did you use that button? I did. Okay. I did when I had it, do you think my it did, Jeep Wrangler. You really yeah, think did. it did anything? Sure, it did. I was on a bump. You know, I had a bumpy car back then. It was a, it was a, a Wrangler, and you, you know, if you had a disc player, that's what that's what it was like. Wait, you had they didn't, a, it was a Wrangler? Yeah, it was a cassette. You put a cassette in, and it would be an adapter. It would go into the cassette player, and then it would play the the disc on mm. the disc man. That's how we did it back in the nineties. When I was jamming out to Lauren Hill in between Sheryl Crow and Cranberry songs. Holy guacamole! Not to take away from the from the power of this album, but I'm looking at the personnel that was involved in this album. Yeah, and a lot of it is people. it is uh, like a, a murderer's row of great studio mu- uh, musicians. But damn, did she have a lot of people we, on this album? We forgot to mention that on Zion, that was Carlos Santana that was playing guitar. The oh, guitar yeah. part. I forgot to mention that. So let's go through the, some of these vocalists real quick: Lauren Hill, Mary J. Blige, D'Angelo, oh, yeah. Shelley Thunder, Kelly Bobin. Mary J. Blige is on an upcoming song, but yeah. Jennifer McNeil, er- Earl Robinson, Chuck Young, Rachel Wilson. You don't know Tara any people, Michael, what are you talking about? Paul Farvar on track eight? What? Ahmed Wallace. Paul, come on, That's man. That's my street name is Ahmed Wallace. <laughs> Ahmed Wallace, if you're listening, if you call us, we will give you uh, a free T-shirt, album. Yes, you get a free Ahmed album. Ahmed Wallace backing <laughs> vocals on track nine and 13. This was his highlight. But anyway, that. That, that song was clearly one of the greatest songs on the album, on one of the greatest albums. But the next song, uh, Superstar, number six. But again, see, like she Another sneaks track. it in. Yeah. You have to right at the end of the at end of the song. End the song, so you can you can do anything. You can you can skip over this part to go straight to the song because it's just it's just talking. Let's just it dive into it. Track number six, superstar, superstar. Come on, baby, more rappy. You know, I didn't all I didn't know that D'Angelo made a lot of his uh, his cred from this album. No idea. This is something new that I'm learning. Oh, he, he they put they put him on the map. Yeah, well, because he came out and he came out so strong. And I remember in in the early 2000s. Oh, this song is so good. I'm sorry. It's, yeah, let's listen. This to, is a great. song. We'll get song. to the D'Angelo story when we get to that song. He's on nothing. Nothing even matters. Number 12. And he's. Isn't this Mary J. Blige on this too? Right. This is superstar. Track nine is Mary J. Blige. Oh, I bet this is all Lauren Hill. Yeah, this is an all Lauren Hill track. I mean, if you listen through headphones, you can hear the different layers that she has on different levels on her octaves that she can It's sing. a very, you know what's a cool thing? It's a very Butch Vig kind of album if you put the, the layered vocals. But man, well, the she, thinking behind this, the intricate harmonies are just so splendid. I mean, she wrote all these songs and she produced all these songs. So she knew exactly what she was doing. She clearly, you know, and, you know, she learned a lot probably from being in the Fuji's too. Those guys produced the, the shit out of their albums too. Mm-hmm. But like she clearly put them to shame with this album. I don't care if you're a Fuji's fan or the other guys that came from that band. Mm-hmm. She's clearly the star. 
Now, I do wish I could see her in concert, but it's just so hard to know if she'll actually show up. True. She's been known. That's another thing. Her controversy of tax evasion and showing up late for shows is is uh, is kind of been following her and kind of giving her a stigma. It's 2018 when we're recording this album, um, but and that's their 20th anniversary of this album, and that's given her a little bit of steam right now in the popular culture. But man, she had a lot of different um, problems that with, oh, yeah. with her controversial lifestyle. And then she had some problems. Yeah, she was arrested the, too, right? The number one problem, of course, was Sister Act 2, Back to the Habit, <laughs> that she was in. She played the pivotal role. Yeah. The lead, uh, the lead singer. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I think that uh, I think that I wish I would go see. I really wish I could see her in concert just to do this out. Al- like a lot of bands come back and they do. We're just going to do this whole album. Yeah, she should just do this album because the live double album that came out after this mm-hmm. was not good. There was like three songs on it. It was brutal. I remember. Um, I was like so excited. There'd be like new versions of the songs, but it was just not good. Yeah. But I, I bet you if she put put her mind to it, she can put on a good live show. But 99% sure she peaked in 1998 with this album. Oh, this is... Anyone would peak on this. It was it was too good. It Like, if she... You're, you're putting... Think about this. You're putting all of your passion into creating this art piece. And every song that you've been, you've been catering and you've just been, uh, ch- I mean, chambering for since you were a little girl, you're putting into this. You're putting your heart and soul into it. And think about... That's why it's so phenomenal to see artists who can come out with 10 albums and 15 albums and Aerosmith can be playing forever. It's damn hard to write a song and it's even more damn hard to write a hit album. And and she did it. And speaking of the other thing that's really hard to do, to be write that write that hit album and also be, be on King of the Hill. She played the elevator operator. I seem to point Are that you out. Serious? Yes, she did. I definitely saw that in uh Nineteen ninety-three. <laughs> <laughs> she was. Oh wow, she does have some credits here. But okay, well let's go to that. What's the What's the next song? We got uh, "Finest Hour" number seven. Okay, well, did my passion scare you for a second there? <laughs> you're like, where is this guy going with this? I didn't know where you're going with it. <laughs> this is an okay song. Song number seven, "Final Hour." Oh, is this the? Oh we'll man, the, yeah. the bonus track we just pointed out. I'm excited we it at out. the end of this. We were trying to figure out what it was. One of the greatest bonus tracks of all time. I'm just going to tease that out for a second. This is a good song. Again, this is something, this is one of the rap songs on the album, Finest, Final Hour. A lot of the stuff that you hear on this song you hear on a lot of rap artists that are out there right now because if you if you go back to 1998 a lot of rappers were not sampling stuff like the, that she's singing over right here mm-hmm. February 1999 just looking at some more of her accolades real quick Hill received four awards at the 30th annual NAACP Image Awards and in May 1999 became the youngest woman ever to be named Ebony Magazine's 100 most influential black Americans she is a mega force beyond belief. I love what she does and I love that she brought this to the stage. Oh, and you you mentioned the double album. Yeah, she did a few M- MTV oh, Unplugged. The Unplugged album is so garbage. But here's, you know, listen to the lyrics on this song. She's, you can have the money, you can have the power. Those are the same themes that we heard on Cardi B when we did that album yeah. years ago. Or yeah. years ago. You know what I'm loving? I'm loving rappers like Cardi B uh, who actually uh, has said that Lauren Hill is one of her greatest inspirations and Chance the Rapper who is using positivity in his music I love hearing that kind of positivity and not like the typical run the mill I feel and I feel now lazy rapping about money sex and you know hoes yeah. and stuff like that and it's good to hear somebody bring something different to the table and man did Lauren Hill bring something yeah. different to the table so good and then the thing is, is you'd have a song that's heavily rap like this and then the next song would be you you know, just something sweet and like a a, 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 a ballad to her son, Zion. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's next. The next album is, uh, but a great example, speaking of the next song is When It Hurts So Bad. This is just such a sweet, sweet little song. 
with like straight out of the 60s Motown. Have you have you ever heard Damien Marley's Welcome to Jamrock? No. Clear, clear uh, connection between this album and Damien Marley's Jamrock. It, and it's that was one of the greatest reggae records in recent history. And if anybody wants to fight me on that, I will be glad to I stopped listening to, to reggae in 97. Listen to Damien Marley's Jamrock. Yeah. <laughs> I hate reggae now. I can't. I can't even listen to Bob Marley anymore. Uh, but I, but, oh I was man, huge... Bob, Bob Marley. That's like uh, that's like early listen, Beatles. Where it's I, like, yeah, I can't, can't listen to it anymore. You can't either. Uh, oh, the Bob Marley. Yeah. When I I loved I loved, I like I loved it when I was, was when I was young. Greatest hits for Bob Marley. And but now no, I I can't do it anymore because it's just I've I've heard it so many times, and he's. All the all the like Sonar kids in my high school would listen to that nonstop too. I like, can't stand him anymore. I know that's very controversial, but people will play it all the time. And we used to cover a lot about Marley and a lot of the bands I was in, but I was like, ugh. I was like, I can't play this song anymore. Have you ever seen the Whalers before? Yeah. Still an amazing band. They know what they're doing. They they know the hits. They got the hits. They play that. I've, I was a huge reggae fan when I was younger. I went to, to the reggae fest. They used to have a reggae fest at, at the World Theater. Well, that's, Peter Tosh was there. Andrew ooh, Tosh. Ooh, I love Peter not Peter Tosh. Tosh's son, Andrew Tosh, but Peter Tosh has already been he was killed. Is that why you grew out these dreads for yeah. this? Okay. I had a reggae. I used to play a lot of reggae when I was, I was a DJ at WH, WHSD High School Station, our DJ. Uh, all reggae, uh, all the time. Reggae Paul hour. Farvar. Yeah. <laughs> the I reggae hour? I love, love reggae. If you look at my car, there's pictures of Throwback Tuesday or Throwback Thursday where I had like the reggae colors on a sticker on my car and with like a peace sign. But anyway. I wish I knew that, Paul. You've, there's been many Paul so Farvars, haven't Farvars, there? Yeah. But 97, 98, Paul Farvar was listening to this album. Okay. But this was kind of a mellower song. The yeah. one thing I will say crit- critically about this album is you, while you're listening through it all the way through, it does have this severe mood change. It's like all of a sudden you're just up and rapping and you're like, get the money, get the power. And then the next time it's like, oh man, it hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. But you, you stayed along for the ride because it was Lauren Hill. It's, it's really cool. It's almost like a bipolar album and she's going through her own emotions. And I think that I read a little bit about what she was going through when she was writing it. She was get going in this relationship with her, with her new husband. She just had this kid. She was about to have a child. Um, so there's a to lot of things a, that are going on in your life. And I think that she did a good way of encapsulating that sure. through the work of song. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's listen to this next song. Next song is, uh, I used to love him, which is one of the greatest, albums, greatest songs on the album as well. Yeah. And this yeah. this is um, uh, Mary J. Blige. Oh yeah, singing the backup vocals. As I look at what I've done, I'm yeah. done. Yeah. The type of life that I've lived, that I have lived. How many things I pray the Father will forgive. Yeah, it's it's one of those songs I was just looking up over over your shoulder. Yeah, I you, thought you were looking. It's, it was 1993 that she was the elevator operator in the King of the Hill. If you needed to double check, no, no, no. you don't got to fact check me on that. Ball. I wanted to. I you know when you hear this song again, and and I and I say this again Oops. with all the all these songs, especially this one. It feels like it's a cover, like from Motown, because it's got all the beats and everything. But she wrote the song and she produced the song, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and Mary J. Blige sang on it too, predominantly. I mean, with that bass line over the sampling and all the and all the, the drum beats, yeah. And the little sample of the the piano piece. It's 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 one of the first artists that I noticed that could be that could play with a live band, you know, as a, as a hip-hop artist. Instead of just, like, the the record behind her, you need that full band, and that's why she's, her concerts are so good, and they always sell out, and people will, will stay those extra two hours that they're making them wait. Before she starts, yeah. Before she starts, because they love her so much. Yeah. But this was this was one of the hits on the song, uh, on the album, and uh, it's clear... The ones that, that I like the most on there are the ones that combine, you know, that Motown feel, that her beautiful voice coming out, and then just slight rap, slight hip hop uh, uh, inspiration in there too. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You want to hit um, up the next one? Yeah, next song is uh, "Forgive Them, Father." Oh, I think this is the song I don't like. <laughs> 
but we'll let you guys decide. This is this is the mother on synchronicity of, for you. This is the go get a beer song. This is a song like oh, it's so short. But I... Very very heavily reggae influenced for yes. the song. You can tell the the through line is. It's, it's so cool to see her use the through line of reggae music, but then with her voice, it sounds like a pop song because she's so so talented with what she's doing. It's almost religious in all right, so here's something really cool that I noticed on the album jacket that I forgot when I was when I was sitting at Charlie Van Sant's house. <laughs> she she shout actually out Charlie. shout out Charlie, I, I miss you, man. Her dedication to this album uh, is dedicated to the memory of her loving grandmother, Louise E Hill, Karis Ann Wolski, Stephen L Husu, Chandler Tucker, Karen A Davis, and Willis Cocker. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Oh, she didn't ask. She didn't thank anyone from the Sister Act uh, <laughs> cast. Oh no! In really small crew. print, Whoopi Goldberg. You were. Oh my gosh, you were right. <laughs> but I, here's the thing that I noticed at the end. She puts. Uh, if you want to donate to any company, the Refugee Project. Um, at, you know the refugees that the Fujis were often referred to as. You know from Haiti. Yeah, She's the Hades. They do uh, the Haiti. The Hades. <laughs> the Hades. Haiti. Great band in the fifties. Yeah, lots of hits. No, it's a great song. I, I shouldn't shit on it, but it's it's a good song. But uh, let's go on to the next one. And again, you you mentioned this before, but the horns and all that stuff, just that Motown feel is so cool too. But the next song is Every Ghetto, Every City, number 11. I mean, this is Ooh, so get that funky beat. Funky and funky. Yes, I'm already in. Skinny legs and pressing curls. My mother always thought I'd be a star. Yes. Right from the start, you get into, into this jam. I love songs that start with vocals like right away. This is the first album where I think both of us kept collectively have been dancing the yeah. entire album, too. Bobbing our heads nonstop. And I just like that when she goes off into the, car- the chorus. And, it's, and she just knows song structure mm-hmm. it's like do a minute of do intro do, do your pre prequel right to the chorus man her voice splices into its, itself so right here. so well and then here comes the one minute in you know it's But you're talking about how amazing she is as a songwriter, and that's so apparent because in 2015, Paul, the miseducation of Lauryn Hill was deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant, significant by the Library of Congress and, and selected for inclusion in the National Recording Registry. I'm sure Holy smokes. that's one of the biggest things that's ever happened to her <laughs> after, <laughs> after so? being nominated for a, an Emmy for her King of the Hill role. <laughs> <laughs> and then an Oscar for Sister Act. <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, just the written word of the album is culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the government of the United States. Yeah, it's pretty damn cool. If if government doesn't say you're you're historically or aesthetically significant, what are you? Aesthetically significant is a hard two words to say. But oh, what's this side note? Shoeshine Boys was also historically No, we never. Shoeshine Boy. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. This, yeah, this is Boys. Totally different band. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's Paul's band, if, if everybody uh, hasn't listened to earlier podcasts. No, that's fun. We still need to do one of those albums that she wrote. We'll see. Okay. Um, okay, so the next song we're on is uh, Nothing Even Matters. You don't want to groove on this song anymore, Paul? I do, but we, got, so we still got to get to the main, we got to get to the juices. And this one is one of those mellow songs that's just like, and it's not Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. <laughs> it's Nothing Even Matters. Nothing Even Matters. But this is one of those, is this the one, this is with D'Angelo. 
Oh, I can already feel it. Yeah, like I already Jeez. just want to take your clothes off I, right now. I'm I'm picturing D'Angelo without his shirt on right now <laughs> as this song is playing. You know, a, a really interesting thing that's been happening in, happening in music lately. It's been really apparent with Kanye West's production and his latest album. It was only 23 minutes. And a lot of the albums today, Cardi B included, was like maybe 30 minutes long. This album, 70 minutes long. Yeah, but it's also a lot of these songs have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, the skits, obviously, but then there's a lot of these songs where just there's a lot of instrumental vibes like this, like the snaps and stuff like that. Like this song is five minutes long. But a lot of it's just four and a half is of snaps. Yeah. <laughs> four and a half of it's just him, just like just sexing it up. It's just D'Angelo without his shirt. Actually, there's there is a two minute section where it's just his hips just moving back and forth. You can't really hear it on the microphone. You just know. Yeah. You just know somebody's having sex in that studio. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right, let's move on because I want to get to that enticing yeah. bonus track that we're about to get to. Well, we're still got to get to number 13, which is Everything is Everything, which is also a great song. It's almost like part two of the doo wop song, that thing. Oh, yeah, I can kind of feel that. Did you know Ahmed Wallace was on this? Track? Ahmed Wallace is for sure on this song. I can hear As a vocalist. This is one of my favorite songs in the album, to be honest with you. It's, it's so cool. So, you got to give a shout out to Shay Guevara, who did the drum programming, because these beats that are created on this album are phenomenal. And I know I, I've never heard of Shay Guevara before. I've heard of Shay Guevara before, but not Shay Guevara. Started a whole nother revolution. <laughs> Didn't even know how to work a drum machine. Not even the same guy. But listen to this. This is this is a collective effort of the highest caliber. Oh look, there's a guy named Squidly. Squiggy ranks played drums on uh, track eight. When it hurts so bad. Mm. But here, let's listen to this part. I mean, listen. They, she's got the violin. I mean, this whole orchestra going on. It's like the the wall of sound from 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 the seventies. So much shit going on subtly. Yeah, that's this is this is a cool track. You can see this being sampled later on too. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. You think a lot of this is sampled, but she's creating a lot of these sounds organically with her her own wall of sound with Shay Guevara. Mm-hmm. Shout out Shay. Shout out to Shay and and Ahmed Wallace. <laughs> All right, so Miseducation of Lauren Hill is the self-titled track number fourteen. Okay, um, which I think it? leads into the secret track. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. But I think it's 14 and then, yeah. There's 16 tracks. Well, one of them is, yeah, let's see how this works. I kind of forgot. It was kind of tricky. Well, this is just like the outro song, but it's mm. still cool. It is. I actually, while we You've play this, this with this this outro, um, I, have a, I have a trivia question for you. Yeah. So Lauren Hill has been around since, let's say, when did the Fugees start? 1994? Sure. Um, she's been on countless top ten, top one hundred greatest album tracks, and and the Library of Congress, and the Library of Congress. Che was there. Squidly was also there. And Ahmed, was, Ahmed didn't make it. He couldn't make it that day. Ahmed Wallace. Uh, how many tours do you think she's been on? Where she showed up? Yes, four. So you think only four tours only in the last four. twenty years? Yeah, I'm twenty thirty years. Four that she's completed. Close. How many? Nine tours. Oh wow! Nine tours, according to Wikipedia. Smoking Grooves tour with the Fugees, the oh, Miseducation that, you're tour, the, oh, that one. Smoking Grooves tour with the Roots and Outcast, Reunion tour, Life Is Good, Small Axe tour, MLH Caravan, Powered Nomics with Nas, and the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, the 20th anniversary tour, happening right now. So this is pretty awesome. 
She should have. She. Well, this tour hasn't. We don't know what's going to happen here. And I know one of those tours she for sure didn't complete because of cancellation. You know, this might be the only artist that I could ever say that is both underrated and overrated at the same time. How is she overrated? Well, there's there's people who you know aren't really down with her music, and sometimes the controversy overweighs mm-hmm. the music. Yeah, she does have a lot of political stuff going on. But the greatest thing about this song is you guys hear that needle sound. That's not us. She created that. And a lot of people... That nice little crackly needle you hear in the background? You know whose idea that was for the needle? Ahmed. Ahmed. Like, you know what this song sounds like? He probably has an accent. All right, so we got to get to this the secret track, and I don't know if we can get to it directly. Go to fifth. Let's see if it gets to fifteen. I think fifteen is not the track. I think that's the. Uh, I think that's the more talking. Oh, so this no, is the is. track. This oh, is the that. track. We found it. So, for those of you who don't know, this is come on the hidden track. Can't take my eyes off you. It's a cover from Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, and her version is probably more popular now with you millennials. Yes, and. Can honestly say one of my favorite covers of all time. Oh yeah, easily. If not my favorite, if not the most favorite cover of all time. The way she she formulates this song and she composes it in such a great hip hop way, updated way, with her beautiful, beautiful voice, so, does something that Frankie Valli could never do, even with those high falsetto notes. Yeah, I mean. We used to cover this in a couple of my bands. Jocelyn Baker, Baker the singer of the band Shoeshine Boy, Karma Tease, and Jocelyn Baker, when I played with her, mm-hmm. this was like a song where she could belt it out. You know, so fun. I played djembe on this. Oh, you did? Uh, I played guitar and djembe on this, but the djembe on this song was fun to play. Because, I mean, you can hear the... the yeah, I could, I could tell I mean, that. I it think grooves. It grooves. Someone playing djembe on this? I don't think they are, but... Let's see here real quick. No djembe. No djembe, you sure? All right, while this is playing, we know how amazing this song is. Uh, 69 minutes, also pretty cool that she picked one of the best numbers of all time to end it on. <laughs> Why is 69 the best number, Paul? It's just the, it's just the opposite. It's one of my favorite numbers. <laughs> um, you know what time it is. It's time for us to... Uh, to rate the album, I oh, let, it play, let it play. I, a little I bit. wanted to know what so, track number sixteen oh. was. You're, you're shaking your head like you there's know that's not gonna be good. There's no track sixteen. It's just that talking. You sure? No. Let's find out. All okay. right, ladies and gentlemen, this it's is a, Paul Wright. This is a two guys one album first. But the game know the is, is Paul Wright. The second hidden track is right. showing up on the computer, but it's not listed. Here we go, everybody. I think it's talking. Oh no, of course. This is a great song. How did we not know this? <laughs> I knew it all along, Paul. Tell them. This is so cool. A song that that uh how did I forget about this? I don't know. There's two hidden tracks. There's one those hidden tracks. This is Tell Him. It's such a cool song. And it's does it, the, um Joe Wilson is on this too. Ooh, listen to that great great harmony right Who's there. playing the guitar on this? Oh my God! How do we forget this? Paul is literally shaking off his dreads right now. How did I forget? This is one of the greatest songs of all time. Listen. Second hidden track. All right, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, the volume was already jammed up, and Paul wanted to push it up more than it could. It doesn't go to 13. <laughs> That's how good this song is. Oh, this is okay. Now I, yeah, I, I do fully agree. Until I got into the chorus, I, I forgot what the song was. Is Ahmed Wallace singing? Is he on the background in 14? I don't think so. Or 16, right? Uh, no, this is. Oh, let me check. Purely Squidly in this one. No, no, he's not even on this. How did we forget this song? Because, Paul, we are, are anything if but accurate. <laughs> we're not is that, we're not is, is, that the, is that the slogan? How we almost didn't cover this song. Just imagine the mail I mean, that we would have gotten. We've got, we, we thought it was bad with Greta Van Fleet. Just yeah, imagine we're going to get so much shit mail from this. <laughs> Let me tell you something. 
How could we have forgotten? Very easily. <laughs> this is one of the sexiest songs, but we just witnessed D'Angelo take off his shirt <laughs> in did. song. My mind's been warped yeah. since song number we're, eight. We're so behind that it's like impossible. Nothing even matters was 12 D'Angelo. Then we, we got shocked that we couldn't remember Can't Take My Eyes Off You was a bonus track. And then this song is even listed anywhere as a hit, uh, as a second bonus track. Mm-hmm. How many how many t- how many musicians out there have two hidden tracks? The audacity that are, that are better than any song on the album. It, it, questionable and uh, controversial statement right there. But I man, these songs are so good. And I'm I think just googling it right now, and and Google just told me get out of here. <laughs> Nobody does that. Google is like you're an idiot, and then I said no. But what do I tell him? And the lyrics aren't even. Are they even even in here? I don't think they're even in the book. They, that's how hidden it is. A hand just came out of Paul's phone and slapped him right across the face. If you had that sound effect, <laughs> it's not on there. Yeah, it's a song. Um, let's see what information we can get. Well. It's, well, it's a great song. An amazing song. I think that that's a good one to end it on since we're both pretty jazzed up right now. Man. Some smooth Lauren Hill. As if it couldn't get enough rating mm-hmm. on this and on this podcast. It just blows you away. I already knew what rating I was going to give it. And mm-hmm. now I know. I didn't even think that we can go higher than that, but the rating system here is 11 is the highest you can get because we go to 11 Mm -hmm. and also because that's on social media when you can no longer see that the names. Yes. Like the rating. And I, I have, I like, I like that we go with 11 now too. Yeah. And add that to the end. It goes to 11. Mm -hmm. Ours goes to 11. Um, I give this album okay. 11 thumbs up. Oh my this is gosh. by far one of my greatest albums of all time. And I also put like a heart sign and then the 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 bicep guy mm-hmm. because that's D'Angelo. <laughs> and then I have to give out the praise sign to Ahmed Wallace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is an album that if you do not own this, you have to go out and buy. This is the cultural significance. As the Library of Congress has already said, mm-hmm. this is like our generation's uh, um, rocket ship that goes to to the moon or whatever mm-hmm. that was that went there. What what was it? What happened in 1960s? I don't know. Oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This the Apollo is 11. Apollo 11. Of, of it. Oh, my gosh. That's right. It, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, yes, it is. If you tell Michael yeah, he's not right, he'll gone he to eleven himself. It's yeah. gone to 11. This is the greatest album. Uh, easily one of my top five albums of all time. I don't know. If you disagree with me, you have to write and explain how this isn't one of your best albums of all time. Yes, we need it in, in, in writing. In writing. In blood, define too. Define yourself. Explain yourself how this isn't one of the greatest albums of all time. Leave you your address, want, too, so Paul yeah, can come to your come house. I come over and yell at you really loud, but no <laughs> physical violence because I'm nope. a pussy. Mm-hmm. Um, two guys, one album at gmail.com. Now, Michael, yes. what's your rating? Wow. This was this was an album that kind of took me by surprise. I was into it when I was young. It before I got to high school, Charlie. remember with Charlie Van Sant, I was in his room <laughs> and we were both looking at it and he said, you need to listen to this album. There were a few times when I had in my life when somebody said, you need to sit down and listen to this. It was it was Weezer's album, Metallica's album, uh, The Beatles, Lauryn Hill. But those albums didn't have 69 minutes of music. No, they didn't. They just brought on multiple, multiple 69s. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even want, no, no, not with me and Charlie. I didn't even want to add that into it, but it's it just, fine. the door was open. So, yeah, what are you giving it? Let's go back down to earth. This album, life-changing. Lauren Hill is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Her voice is something that is unparalleled. She might have some controversy, but damn if that won't stop me from seeing her. I'm going to give this album... My highest rating yet, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. That's not the highest rating you've given. You gave your your boys in uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, what was that band? Blink One Eighty Two. Blink One Eighty Two. You gave them higher grade than that. You don't have a good memory. Pretty pretty damn and good band. And Blink One Eighty Two had twenty songs, so they were each a minute and a half. <laughs> this girl, this beautiful woman, this. Mm-hmm amazing person wrote 69 minutes of music wrote it out had all these amazing musicians mm-hmm. you are insane to to, to say anything we've re- reviewed so far is he, i this is better than the police's synchronicity this is better than oh County yeah crows august and everything after that's what goes without saying paul <laughs> i mean this is the greatest album we've ever reviewed and i i just i mean the more you listen to it 
two bonus songs. Michael, you didn't even know about the second bonus song. I'm loving it's it. still playing. All right, That's you know what? She is. I'm take uh, this is another two guys one album first. I'm gonna take it back. Nine and a half, changing it. Nine and three quarters. Oh, Nine and oh, three you little quarters. Bastard. It's it, this is an amazing album. It, it has room to grow. I love Lauren Hill. Um, she's she's an amazing person. I'm I'm totally gonna see her this summer when she's performing. If the, she's performing, the album art is is rad. The uh, the only thing that was holding me back, just so if anybody has any questions, because I'm sure that people are going to get very upset. Yeah, Please, you guys are really angry. <laughs> and I love the anger because I love the yeah. passion about music. But the only thing that was holding me back was the intense reggae uh, uh, reggae uh, influence, which I love. Um, <laughs> She's married to a Marley. She had to do that. <laughs> I know. And her son I know. is half Marley. To be honest, if she kept it all pop and hip hop rap, I would have probably soul. given it a little bit higher. Yeah, and a little bit more jazz. I love when she threw in that You're... horns, but but damn, when when the, when those when those drums came in, like the tat tat tat, and I'm I it just takes You're me out of it. You're negating a point or a, a thumbs up because there's a reggae influence. Uh, okay, That's it's, it's not because there's a reggae influence. I feel like the songs didn't connect with me the way that the other songs did. On that note, on that note, I. Have been brought into tears by her Frankie Valley cover mm-hmm. and by Tell Me. Those are two of the most Ending amazing songs. How did we almost forget that? I just want to also shout out to my ex girlfriend, Michelle Profeta from 1998. <laughs> I stole this album from her. Oh, you did? And, uh, and the, 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 the strip on top this is like the old album oh i, I just took it that. off it said lauren hill like this is the old days like this album was still in great condition other than the rip in it but um, yes yes it's a tattered album people i think i see bought this, her but... a new one and if i didn't uh michelle i'm sorry but i do want to say that she's the one that introduced me to this album so thank you she did a lot of great things including listen introducing music that i was uh green eggs and ham about that I was like no Ooh. i'm not gonna like it and then i i effing loved it so yeah so what was her name again? Michelle Profeta. Well, now she's she goes by something else. I think she got married a couple times, or at least once. Oh, well, she's on, great. I th- I don't know. Hey, hey, Michelle. On a scale of one to eleven, right, Michelle? Eleven. I knew you were going to say that. Of course, yeah. This was a fun, fun yes. album. I'm glad. This was again the only album that both Paul and I were dancing through the entire time. She, yeah. Lauren Hill can do no wrong it's in like her eyes. Loose in here, Kevin. We're both <laughs> like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes. But no, I agree with the you. Bacon this Brothers. Is, we both agreed on an album. That's that's kind of a first too. We did. Um, and then we love all the comments. You guys, look, I know uh, we're going to address all the, the viewer mail that mm-hmm. we got. And uh, I know you guys are upset with some of the stuff we said, especially with Cardi B. That seems to be yeah. a, a controversial Cardi, Cardi B's been pretty controversial. We, we've gotten a lot of mail. And uh, we also got a lot from Greta Van Fleet. Oh, both yeah. very, very, very passionate people. With the Greta Van Fleet fa- bands fans though i loved how long the emails were and how in-depth they were about how wrong we were so please write us when you get a chance two guys one album at gmail.com and that's the the numbers two guys one album you can also follow us on twitter at two guys one album again the number two guys the number one album at twitter.com paul where they where can they find you I'm at paul f comedy or at paul farvar on instagram twitter and all that stuff you can find me, Michael Heideman, at michaelheideman.com, or you can email me at soundsessionspod. That's my direct email at gmail.com. But we want to hear from you at yes. Two Guys, One Album. And subscribe to us. Tell your friends about us, even if you don't like us. If you know, if, Even Especially if you don't like, if us, you don't like yeah, us, tell them how much you hate us and tell them to listen to this podcast because you won't regret it. And who knows? We might be doing your album yeah, very, very soon. Yeah, tell us what album you want to hear. Tell us what album you want to hear. And, Paul, I think that it's about time to close up that yeah, old CD case. Yeah, can we go out to the, uh, to the last song? We can go out on the on this song. We can go out on a date to it. We can picture D'Angelo <laughs> losing his shirt. Oh, song man. number 16, again, the greatest hidden track of all known time. to man. The second greatest. Too great tip. Yeah. <laughs> Shalom.